from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report where we count down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. Here is Tom Campbell, our Chief Creative Officer, joined, of course, by James St. James, editor of the Wow Report, and myself, Benson Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder. You can watch the Wow Report for Radio Andy on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents, every week. And there you can see all the mistakes, all the extra content that we cut out for time that is not here and present on the radio show. So, without further ado, let's do the countdown. Number 10, Tom. Number 10. Rihanna, we have to talk about it. It already feels like it was seven weeks ago, but uh, the way time flies. But the halftime, uh, I I watched it online because I'm out of the country. I didn't watch it in in real time. I will just say, I kind of feel like leave Rihanna alone. Because (laughs) when I watched it, um, the technology, I know there's this performance and there's technology, but the technology and the artistry behind the floating floors that kept changing in the zooms i'd never seen anything like it it blew my mind it's it's so did you see the thing there where someone said it was like represented the seven levels of hell or something i also heard that she was uh an egg and they were all sperm so there you go or maybe you know and but i think what do people want what do people want? I tell you, people want to complain and be angry and be shouty on social media. It's like, yes. leave Rihanna alone. Leave Madonna alone. It's like, leave leave everybody alone apart from when they die and then you post pictures of them with you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then they were best friends. It's so good. Someone posted this and I was going to lift it, but like they said, like, you know, Rihanna, her outfit showed no skin. She didn't strip her clothes off for attention. She didn't overexert herself for your approval or applause, which I love. Um, she didn't say, oh, I'm pregnant, so I can't perform. She didn't, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and it's just the whole idea that she kind of gave this, you know, and she's Rihanna. She's never been a thirsty celebrity. You know, here's the, here's the thing about Rihanna is that she, the Super Bowl needed Rihanna more than Rihanna needed the Super Bowl. Thank you. And that Rihanna is a billionaire who doesn't give a fuck about her music anymore. She is a, a makeup mogul now. That's where she her interest lies. She did this out of the kindness of her heart. She came and gave a, a best of Rihanna show when she didn't have to. She was in 10 months, you know, postpartum. She was pregnant again. She didn't have to do this shit. She didn't have to. She did it to be nice to us, to give the fans a love letter. So be quiet and ha- enjoy it. Fun we'll fact, agree. when she powdered her nose at that brilliant moment in the, the show. Yes. yes. Google searches for Fenty makeup went up 833%. So, you know. Exactly. Who gets the last laugh? But I have to say, I've never seen a Super Bowl performance that occupies the space so fully and dimensionally. Madonna's entrance doing Vogue, that was yes. pretty spectacular, or Gaga jumping off the roof. But yes. this was consistently, spatially full. And I, to, I, to me, it was like a squid game thing with all yeah. those dancers were just so incredible. Are like, you telling that- me that you've watched Squid Game? 
No, I haven't. I've just. Oh, you are so good at that. I have noticed in your book that you were dropping references that I know you've never seen before. You are. It's a performative world. You don't have to like read all the books and see all the films and you know to have an opinion. And can you imagine if somebody said, "Hey, James, come with me. I, I got some tickets to see Rihanna." If you if someone took you to that show, you would be grateful for the rest of your life. But instead, exactly. people get it for free, and they complain, they complain, they complain. Billy and I went to see Rihanna before she was a big star. Umbrella was out. Remember Umbrella? Sure. And she opened for Kanye West, and Kanye West wouldn't let her open the curtains. So there was literally three feet between the curtain and the edge of the stage. And she, all she could do was walk up and down, poor thing. And the audience was so dismissive and so rude and kind of like talking and not, but Billy and I was like, she's really good. She's well, really she showed good. them, didn't she? Yes. I saw Rihanna in 2014 and I can only just hear like yesterday. Yeah. Here again. Yeah. James, you no. said it was like, uh, what about Satanism? Because I feel you're qualified to speak on this topic. <laughs> well, no, no, there, there was just a lot of online chatter from the right, from, from you know, MAGA people saying that she's a Satanist and she was grabbing her pussy and she was wearing red for Satan and blah, 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 blah. blah. I just want to say, what did we do before drone, uh, before drones were able to capture, you know, that that's what made it so beautiful. Those that drone footage flying in and out and all around. It just it's transformed the entertainment industry. It's transformed, you know, movies and TV. Everything. Well, there it's should be innovation. And that's what it's all about. And yeah. someone explained that I'm I'm such a dummy about this, but there's points where they would zoom in with the lens while they were pulling out with the camera. It's just it was mind boggling. It was it was like it was like a, a, a 2001 a space odyssey. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. It really was. All right. Number nine, James. Number nine. Number nine. I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the animated Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special, a one-off that goes along with her TV animated TV series on HBO Max. And I'm going to go in a little bit on Fenton here because last week he was all about the ants, man, and how brilliant it was, blah, 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 blah. And I have many times stated on this show that the, that I find the difference between DC and Marvel is that DC is queer queer centric in a way that Marvel is not. I find Marvel to be heteronormative frat boy pablum, just pow bang, all sorts of sparkle and shine in funny quips and no depth to it at all. And nowhere is it more noticeable than in this dc offering that they gave us on valentine's day in which oh i also sort of want to say too that dc versus marvel feels to me like greeks versus romans where dc is the greeks and they are the old school they are the ones who invented theater and literature and <laughs> art and philosophy and mathematics whereas the romans are just big big buildings and wars and hot guys and gladiators and da 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 and there's no depth to anything that the Romans do. So anyway, so but this is this is a TV special in which Harley Quinn, who was Joker's girlfriend, is now in a lesbian relationship with Poison Ivy, who is a who controls the plant world. Okay, and they're having a Valentine's Day vacation, or they're having a Valentine's Day. And meanwhile, they're also interviewing other DC couples: Clark Kent and Lois Lane, Hawkman and Hawk Girl. And then there's some side stories, and these are the interesting ones here. Because Clayface, who is a villain made of clay, goes on to Grinder, 
okay? And he he hooks up with a grinder date, and he goes to meet him in an alleyway, and he gets gay-bashed by the villain Boomerang. And the boomerang, boomerang beats him up and is is and and takes a boomerang and slices him in half and leaves him to die in the alleyway. But because he's made of clay, his bottom half becomes a talking butt, and the top <laughs> and the bottom fall in love with each other. Tops and bottoms falling in love with each other, and it becomes this really beautiful love story about this talking butt and this top half. And it be, it's sort of like about masturbation and self love and everything like that. Then there's also a story with Bane, who is another superhero who is always in leather, and he's out like walking the streets looking for love, and he comes across a dominatrix who is going who thinks that Bane is his uh sidekick for this sex dungeon, and she drags him along to this sex dungeon and they tie up this businessman and they're whipping him and humiliating him. And afterwards she says, You know, you're a lot of fun. Why don't you come by to my place and we'll have a Valentine's Day hookup? And she gives him his address. And then Bane says, is thinking to himself, and he's afraid that his penis is too small to satisfy her. He's, a, he's terrified that he has, his penis is too small. So he goes to the demon Etrigan and gets a penis enlarger. But unfortunately, it enlarges him as well. And he has, he's this giant with a giant penis. And he's walking the streets. And he's um he sees a billboard and he goes to make out with the billboard because it's this hot guy and he starts fucking the building and he's humping the building and he brings the building down with his giant penis and then he's going around fucking all these buildings and bringing the buildings down with his giant penis because he's humping all these buildings and the whole all of Gotham City is just falling because Bane's giant penis. Well, meanwhile, Harley decides that she wants. <laughs> To give or poison ivy the best orgasm she's ever had, so she goes to the demon Etrigan and gets a a, a a potion so that Ivy will have the best orgasm she's ever had, and then Ivy um accidentally makes all of Gotham City horny, and everybody starts fucking everybody. So everybody's in the streets fucking everybody, men and women and women and men and men and da da. And then Bane is fucking the buildings, and it's just chaos in Gotham City on Valentine's Day. And it is the craziest thing you've ever... It keeps Jeez. getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Sounds I like we have. I, <laughs> I, I'm like, I still haven't watched The Boys, because I was so, I've been so disturbed by your accounts of the orgies and the goings-on in The Boys. I'm like, I just don't know if I'm able to watch it. And now this, it's like... I just can't believe it's this candid and horny and full on well, that's sexual. Just it. That's just it. When I say that, D, you know, Ant Man seems like a very visual is very visual and fabulous and wonderful and lots of funny quips and we love all the characters. But DC really pushes the needle and really goes deep where sometimes uh, Marvel I don't think does. And I think to have a Valentine's Day special that covers kink, it covers self-love it covers lesbians it covers all the lgbtq people under the umbrella and does it in a way that is funny and shocking and fabulous frankly it's so (laughs) crazy my mouth was hanging open the entire time i thought that you'd might have your mouth hanging open is one thing but i thought you said it was a problematic valentine's day that's the title of it it's called a very problem harley quinn's very problematic (laughs) valentine's day because everyone has a problem i thought you were you were editorializing that indeed is the name of the special okay the name of the special is harley quinn's very problematic valentine's day special ah streaming on hbo max sounds like an understatement Number seven. 
this feels very on point after what James said. Cocaine Bear, a new <laughs> no. movie coming out next Friday. I was driving into Hollywood, saw this giant billboard, Cocaine Bear, just this sort of bear that's just crazed in a cloud of cocaine. What I didn't know is that this movie, this I mean, apart from the story. Yes, true story, right? Exactly. True story, supposedly, of a 175 uh, pound American black bear that in real life, passed away after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine. And what happened was, this is back in 1985, um, an airline pilot, uh, Andrew C. Thornton II, who actually used to be a former narcotics officer and a convicted drug smuggler, um, was flying a whole bunch of cocaine in somewhere, and it was too heavy. So he's like, oh, I'll just lighten the load, threw it out, and then I don't quite know why he did this. Maybe he was on cocaine himself because he then himself jumped out of the plane, I guess, to get the cocaine back. I don't know. But the parachute didn't work. So he died um, and the bear found the cocaine and ingested the cocaine. And I think that's the premise of this movie, that there is a bear in the woods, mad uh, out of his mind on cocaine, rampaging around. Yes. Um, Questions. I, I do want to say that it does have a bit of a pedigree, though, because Elizabeth Banks is the is the director, and she doesn't do track. I mean, she she's fun, but she she does good stuff. So I think that it might not just be. Uh, it, 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 yes, you were lured in by the premise, but I think it might actually be a good movie. I know plenty of cocaine bears, by the way. Hey. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the Blake Jacobs story as well. It's about precinct bears. <laughs> um, did you see the movie? No, of course not. Just the trailer. <laughs> That's what James does. I thought. I want to go see it. Um, well, I want to know, did the... So the story... Of the bear ingesting the cocaine and going crazy on it didn't happen. He really just ingested died. it and died. Yes, died no, no, of he did go on yeah. a rampage. I think there, there was. I mean, he went a little. He went berserk. No one was know. eaten, James. The it bear was... just ate it and died. Okay. But the the bear is that you can go see the bear. It's oh, yeah. in the. Uh, it's, on, it's on display. It's been it's, taxidermy. That is right. The Kentucky. You know all about this. The Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky, is uh, the host of. The cocaine bear. And I, I also say, yes, there's merch. And in fact, this Saturday, it is their first um, cocaine bear day. They're having a celebration. They're going to have shots, um, not actual shots, I, I, some kind of candy or something. But um, you can go see the cocaine bear. It's been stuffed, um, not with cocaine, but with um, taxidermy things that make things stuffed, I suppose. Now, yeah, you know, we have we, we've we've posted about this a lot on the Wow Report. It's, it's sort of a, a favorite of ours through the years. I remember Stephen Sabin going back as far back as 2013 was was writing about the cocaine bear. And so when we were all very excited when it was announced that this movie was coming out. And so you can find all sorts of uh, cocaine bear facts on the Wow Report if you just Google. Awesome. I just wonder, I just wonder, is do you know so much about this, James, because it's been written about in the WOW report over the years? Or were you the one who pushed the cocaine out of the plane and then pushed the pilot out? That's what I want to know. Do we know who else is in it? it does it have yes. any stars? Carrie Russell from Felicity. Um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from oh. Family. Um, 
uh, O'Shea Jackson, right? Yeah, um, that's, that's Ice Cube's son. Oh, oh that's why he's called Little Ice Cube. Right, okay. And Olden Ehrenreich from uh, Supernatural. That's a good name, isn't it? Mm. I'll bet there'll be lines around the block to see this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just didn't have time to think of any buns. I know. Let's see. Bump. Uh, <laughs> snort. You'll be snorting in the aisles. <laughs> I don't have one for Hot Rail, but I want to say Hot Rail. There, thank you. <laughs> It is it, oh oh the, well the theme tune of course is White Lies right White Lies yeah the trailer's really good because it's set to that and it's um it delivers um so that's in theaters next Friday Drag Race España season three is coming soon as a sneak peek on the Wow Report and Drag Race Sverige which is uh, Drag Race Sweden uh, premieres March fourth. Uh, also on Where Presents Plus. We'll take a quick break. Blake, if you've got a question. I do. What is a group of bears called? We'll be right back with the answer after the break here on The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. You had an amazing question for us. Yeah, you talked about Cocaine Bear, which comes out next week. Um, what is a group of bears called? It's a pack of wolves. I'm going to say it's a den of bears. Oh, I'm going to say it's a, a honeypot of bears. I'm going to say it's a coven of bears. It's a sleuth or sloth. Mm, yeah. And although they do not hunt cooperatively or live in large family groups, it is not uncommon for unrelated adults to spend time together. Well, Just like us. <laughs> we, we're kind of down the top 10 things that made us go, well, we three bears, we three bears have reached number seven. Number seven. Forbes magazine just released the uh, top grossing entertainers of the year 2022 hot off the press can i take you through the list and you can give me your thoughts if you're surprised or or, or not i bet rihanna's on it um shockingly she is not hmm. um but this is for earnings for uh 2022 number 10 bad bunny okay i'm not Earned i'm not 80. mad at that Earned $88 million on his wow. tour. Wow. And I can't name one Bad Bunny song. Can you? No, but I know he's cute and I like watching him. And he's I got like great hair. Yeah. And I think he's a drag race fan. Okay. Number nine, not a surprise, Taylor Swift. Yeah. $92 million because of her album and the pre sales of her tickets. I'm surprised she's only number nine. Stick, stick with me. These people kind of earned their money. The others are in there. James Cameron, number eight. Uh, 95 oh. million, I guess, for Avatar and all of the stuff he has coming in, always for uh, Titanic and all those experiences and things. Number seven, and this is starting to tell the story, The Rolling Stones. Oh, goodness. $98 million because they sold their catalog. Gotcha. We need to sell our catalog, you guys. We need to, It's a lot of money. We need to start writing songs, and then we need to sell them. The pop um, parts. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Number six, Brad Pitt, one hundred million dollars because he sold the major the vast majority of his stake in Plan B movies. Is it Plan B or Plan A? Plan B, his production oh. company. Plan B. Okay. Plan B. Good investment. All right. And I'm saying these are exciting. I'm just telling you, it's good. It's a good reminder of what makes money in this crazy world. I'm guessing um, it's going to be a sleuth of Kardashians. <laughs> no Kardashians made this list. Oh. Um, number five, James L. Brooks and Matt Groening, who uh, are the creators of The Simpsons, Simpsons. And I think they made a huge deal with Disney. $105 million. Okay. Number four, Similar story, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, $160 million. They're the uh, South Park guys, and, and they did, you know, they also do. Um, How crazy that both The Simpsons and South Park haven't been relevant in 20 years, and they're making $100 million. Well, what did they, they, they do? They, they made a huge deal with Paramount. So I think it probably writes to their that, and they also do have Book of Mormon, which is a, a a musical that's still on Broadway and still plays around the world, around the country. Just interesting. Number three, Tyler Perry, hundred and seventy five million dollars. I'm no judgment. God, and I think what his, did he do this year? I think he just makes money from everything just, he does. Just so comes in, right? His shows. I just think. I think he. I don't think. I might be wrong, but I don't think he sold anything. Like, is he, he's just making that. And these last two are sort of legacy singers who st- sold their catalogs. Number two is Sting, two hundred and ten million dollars. Your good nice. friend Sting. And number one, a band you have not thought of in thirty-five years, Genesis, two hundred and thirty million dollars earned this year by selling their catalog. Yes. It's so weird, like Genesis. Like that is we're never that big. They do have a ton of like so if you listen to a Genesis greatest hits, you would know most of I mean all but like ELO has amazing hits or air supply and they aren't making a hundred million. Well, they haven't sold that catalog, I guess. Two hundred and thirty million dollars. But I have to say, whenever I go home to Boston. As soon as we get like 15 minutes out of the city, all the radio clicks back to 1981. It's like, it's all foreigner. It is nothing. Walls of wall foreigner (laughs) and (laughs) Jethro Tull. Police sting. So anyway, I just wanted to, I just remember what makes money. You guys, as you, you know, as you plan your next, Showbiz Conquest. Thank you. <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. I love that. I will be looking at the Pop-Tarts catalog. <laughs> um, number six, James. Number six. Number six, You is back on Netflix, the series, um, starring Penn Badgley as the hot boy stalker serial killer Joe. Um, I don't know if you remember this show. It's really batshit bonkers. Penn Badgley. Season one, he was in New York and he kept this girl hostage in a glass box in the basement and killed her. Season two, he falls in love with a female serial killer in Los Angeles. Season three, he's married to the serial killer with a child and they live in suburbia, but they can't stop killing people. And in the end, he kills her. And now season four, he's on the run. He's in London. He's uh, working as a professor at Oxford. He's pretending to be a professor at Oxford, and he starts stalking this girl across the way from him. But, plot twist, 
he falls in with the group of social media influencers at this snooty like club like the the Soho House of the Grouch. A fate yet. worse than death. Go on. Well, what we have learned is that you know in the 50s, 60s, and 70s and 80s, the bad guys were always East Germans or Russians. And then in the 2000s, the bad guys were always vaguely uh, Middle Eastern types, you know, after 2000, after 9-11. And now in the 2020s, there are always horrible social media snobs, <laughs> horrible people. We've got it in the Glass Onion. We got it in the Triangle of Sadness. We got it in the menu. Now we have it again in you. And what happens is he's out partying at this snooty club and the guy he's partying with ends up dead in his apartment and he's being framed the serial killer is being framed for a murder he didn't commit and now someone is stalking him someone is stalking joe and he's got to figure out who's stalking him and who framed him and that's sort of the 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 premise for justice for the serial killer right and the, the funny thing is is that as horrible as he is and he's just horrible and he just he's he he He's just a stalker and he's just terrible. But you root for him for some reason because Penn Badgley is so hot. For some reason, you were always rooting for this horrible character. And I keep thinking, I go back to like, I'm watching Dark Shadows again. <laughs> Every night I watch Do Dark Shadows. Do you ever stop or is it just like I did. I stopped for a few word. years and now it's back on, on KOMP. And so I watch it every night at two o'clock in the morning. I DVR it. But you're always rooting for Barnabas. You root for the. Why are we always rooting for the bad guys? Why do we root for the killers? Well, with the vampire legend, they're always tormented. Is is your is is the is Penn Badgley tormented by his? No, evilness? he he's. He he jerks off watching women in their houses he, through, through the window, and then he kidnaps them and keeps them in a cage, and then he kills them. I mean, it's like he's a terrible person by by all accounts. He but he he talks in this very sort of sexy ASMR voice, and he's got this hot beard, and you just you are so enthralled with him because Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl, and he's playing this that you do end up rooting for the serial killer stalker Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. There you go. Jeffrey Dahmer. People always said how hot Jeffrey Dahmer was. Make it end. You know, between this show and the one you talked about before, you've had quite a Valentine's Day of of programming, haven't you? I have been on a roller coaster, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Well, actually, um, you is streaming on Netflix, and I wonder if this next item... Number five. ...would stream on Netflix. It's I'm calling it High Crime and Meth Demeanus. And I was, you know, doom scrolling, you know, like going through. It, it was Madonna's face all last week. It was just Madonna's face, Madonna's face, Madonna's face. And I stumbled in the course of it on this thing, this little news item about a woman called Taylor Shabiznes. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the last name right. I hope I am, but maybe I'm not. 25-year-old who was in court and... Um, a witness failed to show up and for some reason this triggered her and she assaulted her attorney. This was in Wisconsin. She just jumped on him. Well, you know, you start reading an article in the Daily Mail and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Normally, it just repeats the same three facts over and over and over again. So by the sort of third or fourth time you're reading the exact same thing, you're like, I'm done with this. But in this case, I was like, well, I wonder why she was on trial in the first place. It turned out that she was with her lover 
because she's married and she's a new she's a new mom. She was with her lover, and they were doing a little choking uh, love play, choking, and she accidentally completely strangled him. But then she'd gone so far, she decided it was necessary to decapitate him. And you and, and she she did that and then she left the house and the victim's mother was asleep upstairs, heard the, the door bang, this was like 3 a.m., went downstairs to the basement where her son lived to, you know, what's going on, what's this noise, doesn't see anything, is leaving, going up the stairs, and she sees a bucket at the bottom of the stairs covered with a dirty dish rag, lifts it up, and there is her son's head, head. in the bucket. Well, oh. she, I'm sorry, this is a very gruesome story. She, so she calls the police. The, police, the police go after this. The head, in the bucket, head in the bucket, my son's head is in the bucket. Can you imagine? I mean, that is almost enough for a Daily Mail article, even enough for this piece, but there's I'm more. I'm going to start a new band called Head in a Bucket. Coming the up police, next on Head in a Bucket. Continue. The police catch up with her and say, and she's covered in blood, and they say, look, you know, we just found this um, head in a bucket in your boyfriend's house. And she's like, oh, damn the head. I can't believe I left the head. <laughs> so she I can't on believe tell them, I left the head. That's the catchphrase. <laughs> I can't believe I left the head. So she then goes the on to tell them that, yes, they were doing crystal meth and that they were having a little sex game and that she then choked him. And then she said the police were going to have lots of fun trying to find all the organs because she completely chopped the body up and spread it all around the basement. Well, Math, not even once. Well, I know, but it gets worse. And this is where it gets totally PG. She also said that having done that, she then sucked the victim's penis. She had a dildo that she used in both ends. And... It turned this out the PG? this is PG. The, well, uh, NC seventeen, yeah. and it turned out that the legs and other body parts were in a crock pot box on top of a laundry basket full of clean clothes in the rear of her minivan. I mean, minivan. Yes, she's a mini. She's a soccer mom. She's a minivan driving mom. God, T. S. Madison was here for this. I, I know. I, I literally, as I was reading the article, I was like, I've got to stop. There can't be any more. And there's more. <laughs> and there's more. It just goes on and on. And then ultimately, the final surprise is they also in the bucket. They also found his penis. And I so think the re- so the so season two is two heads in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> But can you believe it? I mean, like, there you go. I don't know what to say. I feel bad even repeating the story, but. I, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, some people just can't handle their math. It's just. It's ah! <laughs> and the moral of the story. I think we should take a break. Blake, do you have a question for us? <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, What is. First Lady Jill Biden's maiden name. Finally, a wholesome part of the show. Um, we'll have the answer for you right after the break here on the Wow Report. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. Um, I asked 
What is First Lady Jill Biden's maiden name? I think it must have something to do with the show. Some other some words already been said today. So I'm going to either say Crystal or Bear. I'm going to I'm going to say Sleuth, Jill Sleuth. <laughs> I'm quickly googling. Because <laughs> oh. I never get the answer to these questions. <laughs> it's Jacobs. Jill oh, Jacobs. Right. That's a nice name. The answer was hiding in plain sight. Right. Is she, do you think you're related? I don't know. I was I meant to look it up on my family tree and see if I could connect some dots, but I've been too busy with Fenton's book, alas. But it, that's coming up soon. All right. So, oh, is that a plug? Later? It is. <laughs> that is a plug for the audiobook version of Screen Age. Right. I've been working my ass off on it. So thank you so much. Jill. But yeah, I'll I will come back and let you know if me and Jill Biden are actually related. And nice. yeah. I'm sure you are. We are counting down top ten things that make us go, wow, we've reached number four, Tom. Number four. This is our rest in perfection. And this this week, rest in beauty, Raquel Welsh. Probably one of the most a sex goddess, one of the most beautiful women. Uh, of the 60s and 70s and beyond. She never really, there was an unflattering picture of her on TMZ last year at, at like 81 or something. Oh, I remember that was nasty. Yeah, we But, but that. before that, this woman never took a bad picture. Um, I hadn't thought about her a lot, to be honest with you. But then all of a sudden, again, we're just at that age where it's like, whoosh, this like flood of memories. Of course, she um, uh, uh, was born, what was her name? Oh, it was like Joe Raquel Tahana or something. She has like, she's like, you know, this very regular girl, spectacularly beautiful. There was a big um, sort of press campaign around her in the early 60s, and she ended up starring in two movies in the same year. One was um, 2000 BC or whatever that is, 2 billion, 2 million years BC. And uh, there's one where they went into the body of someone. It was, what was that called? I'm spacing out. Voyage. Um, um, yes, Fantastic Voyage. Thank you. Fantastic Voyage, yes. And she, that was 67, and boom, she exploded. So I have gone on YouTube. I've watched the 67 Oscars, where she was the first presenter in this hot suit. She, um, you know, was in movies like The Three Musketeers, and she got some good reviews for that. She was on Broadway. She was in... Um, Woman uh, of the Award. Year. Woman of the Year. She, grumpy Old Men. Yes, she grumpy was a Grumpy Old Men. I That's first saw I her. her. I first saw her in Mother Jugs and Speed at the drive-in in 1975. The best title ever of any movie. Yes, I also remember vividly Myra Breckenridge. The first time I saw Myra Breckenridge, was she played the first transsexual on film opposite Mae West, and she had a famously had a feud with Mae West in that movie. Yes, um, I you know there was a time in the 80s where Diane Brill and her were best friends and, oh. she, and Diane started taking her out and she would come to tunnel all the time. Diane yeah. and Raquel would make the scene and people would just lose their heads. So we, I remember seeing Raquel a lot in the eighties, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. She's also, I've watched recently on the Dick Cavett show. Um, yes. I, I watched those and she has a very famous episode with Janice Joplin and yes. the two of them are bonding and she's a smart cookie. She she's not a dumb she is not a dumb busty 
the sex pinup. She she played that, but she was also a very smart woman, and she was a smart businesswoman. She had her wig uh, line for, yes. for many years, kept her afloat. The, the image that came to my mind first, and there's many, through, but Vanity Fair in 1984, she was in the cover with the Olympic diving team. And they were all kind of naked and she was fantastic. But it, it flashed me to like, there was long-haired Raquel from the 60s and 70s, but there was short hair, I, uh, I guess, tunnel going, uh, 80s Raquel. Yes. She also had a workout tape where, that was like the most expensive looking uh, workout tape in the world. And she also, there were crystal light ads. And, it, and those, would say, yes. they would say, Diet Pepsi, she's like, uh-uh, Diet Coke, are you kidding? And then she would like, Caressa, crystal light glass and, and she kept working almost right until the end she um was on a a, a latin series i think um a latino and she embraced her latino roots and did a lot of spanish tv and stuff near the end yes she um, woman. yes and and oh and the the last thing i have to say which is the most beautiful thing if you gotta go on youtube right now or we'll put it on the wire report she was a guest on the share show in 1975 yes and they and two sort of complimentary but not matching stringy body revealing gold outfits made by Bob Mackie. They do a version of I am woman that will turn a gay man straight. W O M A N. Yes. Rest in perfection, Raquel Welsh. And she that 82 is young these days, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, it is. Yes. Hmm. She was still also kind of famous for being difficult, but I love that about her. Supposedly, when she went on an award show, she would make them tape her rehearsal. She'd wear four or five different outfits. She'd look at the, the material and then decide which one she was going to do. It's just what every drag queen on Drag Race does now. <laughs> she, set the, she set the tone. Yes, drag, drag mother. All right. Number three, James. Number three. Number three, I watched a rom-com on Valentine's Day, Your Place or Mine, on Netflix. It's a new movie starring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. And, Do they eat uh, each other at any point? Do they eat well, each other's that, that, body parts? I, I, I'm getting to that. I, that okay. That's the whole point of it, is that All they right. are best friends. They had they hooked up 20 years ago. They had a one-night stand, but they decided just to be best friends after that. And he's a tech billionaire living in New York. She's a suburban mom living in Los Angeles with a 16-year-old son. But they're still best friends. They talk to each other every day via Zoom, via video chat. And at one point, she decides that she, or she is going to take a class in New York and going to uh, do a job interview. And he comes out to, to L.A. to take care of the son. So they decides to switch houses, and she goes to live in in the, his billionaire penthouse in New York. And he comes out to L.A. and lives in her suburban house and takes the kids to school and blah blah blah. So it's a fish out of water. Both of them, ha ha ha, are in you know out of out of their elements. But they continue to talk to each other every day via split screen Zoom, so that Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher never have to actually film a scene together once. Which is, I guess, sort of a pandemic uh, solution to a problem. And um, it's a terrible, terrible script. (laughs) (laughs) Reese Witherspoon rises above it because we love Reese Witherspoon and everything she does. She's so adorable. Ashton Kutcher does not look like Ashton Kutcher anymore. He's in his 40s, late 40s now, and he just he he's unrecognizable and he's terrible. But you still like him because he's Ashton, even though the script is terrible and it's 
it, it doesn't work at all, and yet it all kind of works. And at the end, they realize that they're totally in love with each other, and they come and they meet together. And the last scene is the screens come together, and they meet each other at the airport, and they're at the scene together. So... They called it the new pillow talk, but it sounds like it didn't quite live up to those expectations. Well, I think they were, they, like I said, it was probably filmed during the pandemic when they couldn't film together. And so that's how that was their workaround. And it kind of works. It's kind of funny, but it does become a little bit stale by the end. And you're glad when they finally have a scene together. But it's just, it was a fine, it was a. It was pablum for Valentine's Day, a sweet romantic something to cleanse my palate after you and Harley Quinn. (laughs) And that's on Netflix as well, is it, James? Yes. And I just wanted to interject because I butchered it before. Joe Raquel Tejada was her was her maiden name. Uh Miss Welch. Well, back to me. This also stars. um, I thought for sure you were done. I thought for (laughs) sure you were done, James. No, it also stars Tig Navarro, uh, Steve Zahn, who was on White Lotus season one, if you remember, and um, Jesse Williams, who you saw naked, Tom, on Broadway. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. All right. Marvelous. Well, um, number two. Number two. Continuing with our theme of animals on drugs, squirrel (laughs) fiends. Have you heard the news that in China... They have successfully trained six Eurasian red squirrels with the ability to uh, sniff drugs. Uh-oh. And the, the tra- Wait, sniff out drugs or to do drugs recreationally? To sniff them out. I suppose they would do them if they weren't trained and if they weren't restrained. But they are drug sniffing squirrels, squirrel fiends. Um, look, here's the problem. In China, they have something like 139 to... 139 billion parcels in the mail every day. And there just aren't enough dogs or people to check all those packages for illicit drugs. And squirrels have a very sensitive sense of smell and they are perfectly trainable, apparently. And the special ability they have is that they can pass through like nooks and crannies and in compact spaces to sniff out drugs hidden inside, I'm quoting, tightly packaged parcels so if you've got a meaty tuck that could be a problem i guess if for a squirrel now but here's the thing about squirrels though is we know that squirrels are famously rather stupid because they bury all their acorns and then they forget where they buried things and that's why we have so many um uh, trees that grow because of the buried squirrels forgetting where they buried their acorns and so you have a bunch of idiot animals who can sniff out drugs. I mean, do we really want, I mean, dogs are smart. We know that. But do we really want dumb animals? The squirrel isn't given the power to remove the drugs and take it somewhere. They're not given command of the of the contraband. They're there just to identify it. And if they're good at I finding so. nuts, okay. they're good at finding cocaine. When they smell the drugs, they go, cock a doo doo and then everyone comes from around and looks in the package. Exactly. Now, didn't didn't uh, COVID come from like black bats in China? I'm worried the squirrel thing's going to end badly for, for I think it was for, fruit uh, bats. I think or the okay. or the um, the anteater or something like that. Right. But or right. a lab, or the lab anyway. Well, um, yeah. Apparently, weirdly, um, I was just at um, LAX the other day, <laughs> and um, 
uh, I had this had never happened to me before, where they had a drug sniffing dog, and everybody in line had to walk in front of the dog. I had never seen that before. That was the craziest thing oh, I've ever seen. Yes, the little the sachet goes back and yeah, forth. Exactly. You have to walk back, and, and I was thinking, what if I have like drug residue on some? On I'm some sure you do. I'm sure from the eighties, yes. James. From the eighties, some old Yeah, I thought you were about to say that you were in that X and you were pursued by a squirrel, which I could also imagine. <laughs> I was afraid um, you were going to say that a drug-sniffing dog sniffed you and died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the squirrel program, squirrel squad program, is in its early days. Um, and it requires, uh, one official said, patience for a flower to bloom. So they're not quite there yet. Like the new Paw Patrol. The squirrel exactly. Squad. Yeah, Paw Patrol. That's exactly it. <laughs> and um, there's a video proving the squirrel's ability to sniff out drugs. And we'll post that on the Wear Report. It went... 50 million views on Weibo. So, you know. Let's take one more break. Um, When we come back, the number one thing this week that made us go wow. But before we do go to the break, I'll just tell you, if you're waiting for Drag Race Sweden on March 4th, you can actually watch now Drag Race Belgique. That's right. Drag Race Belgium debuted yesterday. And it's on WOW Presents Plus Worldwide, excluding Belgium, of course. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Oh, welcome back to the WOW Report. Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. And we've been counting down the top 10 things that made us go wow. And we've reached number one. Number one. Um, I just wanted to have another rest in peace, um, rest in perfection to an old friend of ours, a longtime friend of WOW, Howard Bragman, who was a PR guru who uh, did crisis management for many years for many celebrities here in Hollywood and was a great ally and great friend to the LGBTQ community. He worked with several of our WOW celebrities. He worked with um, Monica Lewinsky very famously. He worked with the Lewinsky family during that. And he also worked with Chaz Bono when Chaz uh, came out. Um, He uh, works with, I mean, just uh, the list goes, anytime a star was in crisis, you went to Howard Bragman. And he would he did his best to help you get out of it. He worked with Sharon Stone. The the list just goes on and on of stars that he worked with. But he was a bigger than life personality. He was a great guy. He had a great laugh. He gave you a big bear hug when he saw you. He was always the easiest person to talk to. Even when you even if you just had a problem, if you were just like he was there for you. And he even if he didn't charge you, he would just he was there to help everyone. And he was a good guy, and he died of leukemia, I think it was, uh, this last week at age, um, gosh, what was he? He was young. 66. 66 66 years young. I think, yeah. I think he was diagnosed, and then he passed very quickly thereafter. He had had a very short. Well, that's the shocking thing. He was was headed off to a wedding in Mexico, friend's wedding in Mexico, and he had like, um, like a a gum infection or something and was like, I think he thought, Oh, I should just get this checked out before I go to Mexico because you know, you don't want to get ill while you're away. And, and the doctor was like, Oh my God, you've got very late stage, like out of the blue. And that's the shocking thing is like how, how something can progress that rapidly. And, and, and I, this is a tragedy, but it's also, I guess if you're going to go, you kind of want to go quickly. Go fast. Yeah. I mean, within a week. And, um, 
from the updates that were posted online, it was a very um, painless transition. You know, he was on the most amazing drugs, apparently, um, which apparently he loved, and they do sound rather good. So... But he was very he he was very old school. He was very like an old school like big Italian guy and just gay, but just a, just a big bear hug whenever you saw him. Really, just a great guy. It's just and also, a- James, he was an advocate, like you said. You know, if you had a crisis, but particularly for, for gay LGBT, celebrities yeah. dealing with coming out, he was always in favor of coming out and. Just telling it like it is, and I think, owning I think your truth. Fast and... and Ellen both used him. Um, yeah. Just speaking in terms of the of remembering Howard and how and remembering how fleeting life is. I just want to say I appreciate you both, and I also just want to give a shout out to our dear friend and colleague Theron, who turns fifty today. Um, crazy, 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 crazy. I cannot family. imagine Darren at 50. I mean, no tea, no shade. It's just he seems so eternally young. Like, but I'll tell you like, something. This is the best Theron has ever looked. Theron, when I see him on Instagram, he's lost weight. He's His skin looks fantastic. He looks healthy and happy. He looks fantastic. So God bless Theron. We all... We all need some Darren in our lives. Absolutely. Yes, all right. That's all we got time for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wow Report here on Radio Andy. Previous episodes you can hear and watch on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go. Wow. wow.